and welcome to So Farscape. A Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a fresh-faced first-timer. I'm Kaki. And I'm Kay. And this is The Story, the story so, Farscape. so Farscape. The Story So Farscape is coming up. Here, how about we summarize it? Yes. John Crichton, an American astronaut who got shot through a wormhole to some distant part of the universe. Come on, you remember this it, yes, from the opening Yes, of course. It's the opening, opening sequence. We, get to, we watch it every time. Uh, 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 and uh, now he's like with, stuck uh, with a, a living ship, ship filled with strange alien aliens, life yes. forms. Oh, there will come a day when you can recite it from memory, as oh, I can. I'm sure I will. I've only seen it like four, five times now so far. So, And he's being hunted by an insane military commander who just didn't come up at all. At all. No, nothing. I mean, the whole uh, Enforcer thing didn't come up at all this episode. So far. So, so far. Well, last what week's... Do you, what do you have? Yeah. Last week's encounter with was a space alien. There was a, The ship was in distress. Moya was infected by uh, oh. weird, uh, the space aliens, basically, who were coming out of Chrysalis or going into Chrysalis or something along those lines. Chris, yeah, Chrysalis. Chrysalis. No, that's Chris fine, Alice, that's fine. Yes. And, I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that there's a person out there, Mr. Mr. C. Alice. Yes. Who's, and who's very, oh, and Mr. Were, C. Alice has some, probably some <laughs> other jokes made about his name than Chris Alice. No, please, please, please continue. <laughs> and they were boarded by some enforcer commandos. And I noticed that the episode was very much about Moya and like the, uh, the, like the effect that it had on the, the heating systems and all that and the effect that it had on the crew. Whereas good. in this episode, Moya was almost like absent, really. I mean, she was lacking yeah. an important part, but even that was almost a MacGuffin to this whole story. Yeah. So what you what you observed is very very accurate because this this sort of rhythm of a planet episode and a ship episode and planet episode and ship episode uh-huh. is something that they were doing during the the early production, and it was also like I told you about the uh, uh, the pods that they worked in. Yeah. Where I think I said it incorrectly, like the first and the third episode were done simultaneously, and the second and oh, the fourth right. episode yeah, yeah. were done sort of simultaneously. So they were shooting, uh, yeah, and and also splitting up the crew so you can have a B crew. You have two crews filming, one on the ship and one on the planet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because you also notice in the in the second episode and in the in the fourth episode, so the second episode was, uh, I think we called it Little House in the Perseus Arm or, yes, or something, yes, with the, with the radio telescope shack. Mm-hmm. The same people were on the planet and the same people were on the... Uh, on Moya. Uh, on Moya, with the exception of Rigel. I right. think Rigel didn't go down to the planet, did he? He did in this one, oh, but in, uh, the, yes. in the previous oh, one, right. like yeah. you had, you had Crichton and Aaron and Dargo, right? And Zahn is on Zahn, Zahn stays on the ship usually right. with Rigel, and part of that is like oh, I know I know I'm probably like spoiling the, the the magic a little bit, but like she is heavily made up, and that makeup does not tolerate. Uh, uh, moisture very well. Oh, that could be. I was thinking it, it might also be very susceptible to scuffing and other things, yeah. especially when you've got action scenes on the planet that would be like tough on the makeup. Exactly, yeah. and it has to be has to be repainted. Now, of course, uh, uh, Dargo, played by Anthony Simcoe, has that problem as well. Right, but that's mostly prosthetics and exactly. not paint. Yeah, and what a. What a trooper that dude was to wear all that in... I mean, you could tell that it was Australian summer. Uh, it was actually filmed in Australia? This is Australia, right? Yeah, it's, also, oh, okay. it's production in, oh, in Australia, hence, like, so many uh, Australian right. actors I suppose playing it's also parts. Yeah, it's all the same thing, like, uh, The Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand because it's cheap and, well, of course, uh, also, uh, what's-his-face... Uh, Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson yes, is, a, from is, a, is yes. a proud Kiwi. A no, Kiwi. He's, sorry, sorry, yes. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, sorry. Yes, he's a Kiwi. Yes. That's what I meant to say. I meant to say that. Probably sorry. should have edited that out. So sorry, Mr. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> well, so far, Scape. Um, this was a more innocent time. This was 1999 when this was being produced. And, like... Just imagine being these actors, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, because Erin, she's she's Australian. Yeah. Anthony Sims comes from America. Virginia Hayes, Australian. They're, they're, everyone except Crichton is from Down Under. I think. Right. Like, the show wasn't 
airing in Australia yet. Oh, of course not. No. So right, they were they were walking around in these costumes and shooting the show, and, and they nobody had, had any idea what it was all about. Nope. Yeah. You're something, people. Prepare We start with a, a, a shot of a, a, a spaceship that I really kind of like. Like it looks sort of like um like a bullet pod. So it's uh. got a, it's got a big engine at the at the at the back, and it's got these sort of um landing skids. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird thing. It kind of looks like a cargo container which has been modified to fly. Yes, yes, and I got, like yeah. that. So the uh, episode it starts off a bit. Odd, I'd say. Like, if you look at the synopsis, right. you'd say the the the, the Tavlek come aboard for a fair for a fair trade negotiation. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, that's not the vibe that I got. Like, I mean, it it almost oh, really? immediately, it almost immediately drops into the action. You know, there's there's a little bit of bickering about how Rigel is going to be playing up his role as the uh, the ruler of his empire or whatever it is with his six hundred yeah. billion subjects. subjects. Yeah. Yes, I believe that's the number he uh, it quotes several times. I am dominar of over six hundred billion subjects. Six hundred billion people. I have six hundred billion subjects. This is the ruler of over six hundred billion subjects. There was this suggestion that a lot of stuff had happened in the in the, in the meantime, and a lot of stuff was just constantly happening, and that they'd now, uh, while they're traveling through the uncharted territories, wandered to this planet where they'd been contracted with. I think it's like it goes very fast, but it is briefly mentioned that they're going to haul some cargo for the. Yes, it's that's like what, that's the suggestion that they are going to, and like, that's been negotiated by Rigel. They're going to move transport or something, and it's like some talk about if it's illegal cargo, though, then we can charge more. We can charge more because they've never done this before, and like they're all coming at it from. from from different directions. For for Rigel, it's all about profit. For Dargo, it's about safety and, uh, and, yeah. and security. And for Erin as well, kind of. But yeah. mostly, like, she just doesn't want to be captured. I love how there's, like, a lot of, a, a bit of movie magic done. Because it, it, it kind of opens with a shot of uh, Earbrows floating around in his chair. And <gasps> that then was so good. And then they're setting up this pedestal to have him rest upon. Yes. Which is just a good excuse for hiding the puppeteers underneath and not having to do expensive CGI with him flying around and being well, animated. Yeah. Yeah. at the same time and this like this comes back several times during the episode I've noticed but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention it when we get to <laughs> very, those very points of, like, very good eye I had a pretty good eye here as well I noticed that John is wearing um, a rather fetching like waistcoat here with a, with a substantial uh, uh, collar he has that's torn his, that's the, his NASA jacket with the sleeves cut off it was a full on oh, jacket right. last oh, time yes, around right, and he's yes. just torn the sleeves off of his jacket why would you do that John I don't know yeah maybe he scuffed through the elbows and he can't patch it's them it's your only jacket it and is his now only. all you have is I mean with arms like that I'd show them off certainly true your garments were removed so that we could examine you examine examine me so yeah, they're setting uh, they're setting their dominar up on his uh, uh, on his on his throne, and I noticed how much they were interacting with him. Mm. Like he he raises his little scepter and John pushes it down because yes. this was the point where the uh, which is an uh, interesting bit of foreshadowing. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, the scepter uh, uh, does play a significant role, but it was also the actors discovering how to bring these puppets to life because mm. they were working with with Muppets with which none of them had done before because yes. it's a Jim Henson production and and like they were learning at this point, puppets come to life when you touch them. Don't you dare touch me! Hands on the on of the course. puppet and oh, then yes. they're and then they're real. Hands off, Luxon! 
push them, interact with them. <laughs> How dare you handle me this way? Uh, yeah, that's the advantage of puppets. You can actually touch them. It's like it's not exactly. like CGI, and it, but it makes it yeah so much easier to have those interactions and not have to like do, go through a lot of trouble to digitally add them into uh, yeah stuff and, that's going and for on. For you as well as an actor, yeah, like touching something makes it makes it real, makes right, you relate yeah, to it. That makes sense. Now on comes the tabloids. The, uh, the, the, no, the tabloids. Yes, the, the tabloids. Whatever tabloids. <laughs> She corrects him very often. The cargo bay doors open and it goes to shit. There's this cool, like, like a, a snap zoom or snap rack effect where the uh, the, the the camera motion is accelerated uh-huh. to to zoom in on uh, on and Pride got the drama. A bit of punky music playing as the as basically the space orcs invade the ship. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, that's... A, they are sort of Mad Max space orcs. They are, like, yeah. they're wearing space marine armor with space marine cod pieces, and... <laughs> I hadn't noticed the cod pieces. Yeah, just, like, I didn't notice their, the chrome dome. It was like, yeah, how does he see? But, you know, fair enough. Like, I guess Not well. So, clearly not, no. Uh, 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 that actor, like, uh, looking at the at the helmet, there's there's two bullet holes. Yeah. I think that's where he's the actor could, probably could see. Probably look so. And he's got, like, this great Glaswegian smile. Uh, oh, yeah. Sort of stapled together. Yes. Uh, and these and these huge like shoulder pads, all of them in this in these earth tones. You know what they put me in mind of? Mm? Uh, do you remember the duck aliens from the beginning of the Fifth Element? Yes, the the the, the Mondo Shiwa. Mondo Shiwa. Then oh, well, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right, they've yeah. also got the sort of gold and the huge like shoulders. Shoulder. Well, like I said, to me they sort of seemed a bit like orcs who had stolen some space marine armor from Warhammer 40k. You know, that's that's <laughs> yes, the big space thing. Space orcs cosplaying Warhammer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's basically what the I uh, think. So they sh- they shoot their arm cannons. Uh, uh, Zan yes, gets uh, hit and like uh, knocked down. They drag a bag over uh, Rigel's head and. Kidnap him. I demand someone hurt me! It's a, it's a really cool... Smash like, and grab. ...fight scene as well, because uh, 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 Aaron does this uh, does this cool sort of dive and roll. They're all yeah. super athletic. Uh, so I was wondering, it's like, I mean, I am noticing a little bit of a wharf effect going on for Dargo. Ah, yes. Now, the wharf effect, you've explained to me before, is yeah. where you establish one character to be the strongest one on the ship, yeah. and then you have them being beaten up By the all alien the of the week because... To, to establish them that, as a threat. Yes, yeah. that, that they're stronger because if they can beat up the bad guy, then yeah. <clears throat> That's why Eddie Marks kicked your ass in the seventh grade. Worf on Star Trek is the most beat-up character because someone has to show off that they are stronger than Worf. The- now... Uh- while that is certainly true, and, and and Dargo does get his ass kicked a lot, he is on the same ship as Crichton. Oh, don't me. And yeah. Crichton gets his ass kicked all the time. Even yes, totally, exactly. No, totally. So that <laughs> that is slightly subverted. I mean, he is being a little bit rash, uh, Dargo here, by slapping that uh, arm cannon on his uh, hand. When yes. It, when, when they knock out one of the space orcs, this bracer comes off, and you can at this point you can already see that there's needles in there and like. Oh yeah, drugs it's, being a, it's a menacing thing. And he just like jams his arm into it and goes like, "All right, that's mine now, and I'm going to use that." Uh, and he expects it to like fire those those little yellow bolts of light. Ktow, 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 little bolts of light. Or in blue, this case, blue, yeah, yeah, sparkly, but it doesn't work, and he's just and he's just enraged. Junk, junk, junk. Where's Roger? Junk. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote, and it was like I mean, he he does throw a bit of a temper tantrum at this point, and it's just like basically anger juice which is being pumped into their veins. I suppose it's so hard to tell with Dargo, though, isn't it? True. I mean, he can be he can be very 
quiet and pleasant. Yes. And then occasionally he just goes into being... A he just overreacts. Yes. Oh, there's a lot because, of that, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Zan did notice that, or uh, did, did remark on that when she asked him how old he was, and he said, 30 yeah. cycles. Oh, you were but a boy. Like... Yes. For his species, he's Apparently, a kid. he's young, yeah. Because she wouldn't just, like, relate another species' age to, to her own. No, of course not. She knows. You know, so. Maybe it takes multiple multiple centuries for uh, 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 for Delvians to reach maturity, but she'd know about yeah. Luxons. I, I mean, there there is that knife when they reach that certain, certain age. age. Yeah, and he still like, has it. Yes. So. Oh, that's a good question. Ooh, has he even used his bris knife? Interesting question. I don't know. <laughs> The sarcasm isn't really her thing. She doesn't use her, her insight to undermine people. There was a lot of tetchiness going on between the various crew members in this episode, uh, especially with the uh, space orc later on. But that's... Uh, that, that is correct. But he was being a brat, and she does not do well No, with very true. She can... Uh, in order, in order. So... The Tavleks have escaped, taking with them Rigel yeah. and leaving behind uh, uh, one of their own. And our crew are, are dusting themselves off, uh, uh, licking their wounds. Yeah. Dargos throws a temper tantrum and uh, he declares that he is now the commander of the ship. The ship needs a leader and none of you have what it takes. From now on, I am in charge. Everybody's yeah. going to do what he says. Dargo, would you wait though? I'm giving the orders now. Dargo, just listen. They're all suspicious of it. They realize that he's got this gauntlet on and like, what's it doing to you? But as they sort of uh, uh, scooby-doo up behind him, he turns around and with one strike smacks them all on their ass. Yep. He's not good at listening, is he? And I noticed that there's like a lot of physical contact between uh, Creighton and, and, and Aaron. Yes, yeah. there's a lot of they're, they're they're always snuggling up in the corridors to each other, and, and it, they're always like totally casual about it, and not noticing that they're that they're just pressing their bodies together yes. again because that's that's what we as an audience want to see. That's, we want to see um, the the sexy shoving. I suppose there's a lot there's a little bit of sexual tension there. Oh, uh, a little. Oh, well, I hadn't noticed anything actually. I mean, it's only between the it's, like it perfectly heteronormative. It is literally only in that though. They're constantly bickering and at each other's throats, but I didn't really feel this that is as a, any sexual yeah, yeah, yeah. tension. This is a 90s television program, and uh, you've got a man and a woman constantly bickering at each other's throat, and they're super sexy, both of them. Yeah, fair, I think you've fair, just, fair yeah. point, fair point. And, and as Aaron gives chase, uh, Dargo turns around, and now this piece of junk does work, and he fires another yes. bolt of, of light and at them. She shoots him with her uh, space tire, and uh, he catches it on the uh, shield that this thing can apparently also produce. <laughs> you are such a nerd. But well. You're right, you're right. Her, her peacekeeper rifle is this, this sort of spindly... With, with bits of extra bits bolted on. Yeah, <laughs> all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, there's some more sexy shoving uh, 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 and... Uh, uh, Aaron and John retreat from an enraged Dargo who goes to the bridge to order a pilot around. Correction, pilot. Break orbit and take us away from this wretched planet. Because he's planning on just, like, leaving Rigel behind. Rigel brought this on himself. I say we leave him there. Let Crichton finish. Look, enough talk. We are leaving now. Misty dips into her uh, little pharmacy again and she's brings out little, the space fa- the space smelling salts. Chemistry yeah. set. Well, she she uses the smelling salts on the uh, tadpole. Tavlek. Tavlek, sorry, and uh, <laughs> brings him out of his coma to wake him up and uh, very kindly almost help him up. Yeah, she's very considerate of him. She's uh, uh, she's protect- I mean, she realizes that this is this is just a, this is really just a kid. Take it easy, child. Child. He's just like a youngster. He's, he's maybe out on his first mission or something. Yeah. And, uh, Even he's though he's already, like, f- properly scarred and yeah. uh, he's, he's, he's a proper staple head. But, wow, that makeup was yes. great. It 
And what you say, like reminding you of aliens from Fifth Element, they look a bit like the mercenaries from Fifth Element. I know what you mean. Aknot and his and his crew. They've yes. got the they've got the big mouths yes. and the and the sort of sagging exactly. skin. The, the other ones were a little bit more reptilian than these guys, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, a, were, and they were like full helmets, but these, yeah, uh, yeah good one. So uh, Dargo learns from pilots that a, a critical part of Moira is uh, missing. He asked if he could borrow a vital component of Moya's control circuitry, just for a while. And you let him? Certainly not. I flatly forbade it. She can't, like, she's in a decaying orbit, which doesn't really come back in the rest of the episode, but, like, they can't leave. He wants to leave Rigel behind and is like, nope, sorry, we need this bit of control jewelry that he used to pretty up his staff to make more of an impression on the... uh, Yes. On the Tavlex. You're right that the that the sort of peril that the ship is in doesn't come back, and I can I can I can sort of see that the uh, the writers probably felt like they were they were pulling from the same well quite a right. bit in the early episodes. Yeah. Like ship is in peril, ship is in peril. Like mm. even even the Enterprise yeah. D doesn't do it. Like let's avoid four that. episodes yeah, in let's a row. Avoid so, that a little bit. But yeah, they still have to have a reason to go after Rigel because none of them like Rigel. No, but none of them would care except he happens to also have a piece of the ship that they need to, need, to, yes. to survive. The little hairball took it to decorate his scepter. I'm going to kill him. So in comes a conference call from the uh, Tavlek commander. He, like, dials in on Zoom or something. And, <laughs> yes, uh, Chromedome, Bakesh. Yes, Chromedome. That's a good name for him, yes. And uh, basically he puts out an ultimatum. We've got your king. You can buy him back. Something many tons, cargo bay of full of something, something or the yeah. other. We want Corvidium, Purity 9, enough to fill your transport hangar. Which should be easy if it's like has to be brought up by 600 billion uh, subjects. Yeah, because that's what that's what Rigel boasted. Them, yeah, and that's, he's the uh, uh, dominar of the Hynerian Empire. And they have one solar day to deliver it. So hang on, solar day? What solar day? Is like this planet's solar day? Is it- we don't even know if this planet rotates. Are we talking about one revolution of this particular planet? Now we're getting into some of the terminology that I think the Babel bugs are taking care of. You notice yeah. the, that they've that they used the word cycles before, right? Instead of which years. is a year. Yes. Yes, I spent three cycles on a maximum labor planet. And they've also, I think at this point, they've also used the word arn. If they're not here in an arn, we go and look for them. For our, oh, yeah. uh, roughly roughly speaking. Actually, in the first episode, uh, Aaron once called it an arne. I think I'll be searching for both of you in less than an arne. I caught that. Oh. It sounded so weird for me. Right. But uh, So they, they do have these definitions that are like relatively absolute, like a minute. Now, wait a minute. Uh, is is about a, a minute. A microt is about a second. Yeah. Wait a microt. Arn is about an hour. Like they just happen to sort of match. So yeah, I guess a, a solar day established by some, you know, the, 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 the galactic mega statute sun. That makes sense. Yeah. Which happens to also have a 24 hour rotation, roughly close enough. So they go dipping back into Zahn's uh, chemistry set. Yes, my first some, chemistry make set. Make some sleep misty. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, so the nickname's sticking, I see. Well, I, I thought, no. I milking, thought, milking it for as long as I can. Maybe you'd grow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She milks herself at one point as well. Ooh, wow. It was this, and she makes this cool water balloon. It's this cool yes. sort of squishy, like stress ball. Crichton is super enthusiastic about it, like water balloon. Check it out. It's a water balloon. Excellent. And to be fair, it seems to work fine. He throws it right at his feet. Good the vapor clouds Cloud, rise up. Yeah. He starts to. Dargo goes woozy. Like, and, oh, then the, so and then the 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 braces inject him with more of the uh, go go juice. Gurgles. And it's a little more than cappuccino, pal. Our friend just tried to kill us. Yeah, he gets a, he gets a nice fresh bump of 
crushed up regolith. Yes. <laughs> Deep cut. See if Not you fair. get that one. Yeah. And he gets back up again. Yeah, I get knocked down. I get back up again. <laughs> You're never going to keep me yeah. down. And they need to uh, beat a hasty retreat because he is super, super violent. Dargo's getting angrier. Do something. Next up is uh, is John's plan, and his plan is very cunning. It's run away. Run away, as always. And then hide. You hide very well. And then shake the ship. Yes. Get Which the ship to suddenly somehow... accelerate and like throw him off his feet and knock him into the bulkhead. That was your plan? <laughs> yeah. Which Moya can't do because of the uh, uh, oh, yes. uh, the, the the problems with the with the um, control crystal or whatever it is. Yeah, and then pilot needed to vent this or that, and 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 John said, "No, don't. Uh, we're going to use that to, to to shake the ship or whatever." He seems to suddenly know a lot, lot about, about how Moya works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of a lot of. I mean, they kind of lost me there at this point with the techno babble. It was just a little bit like uh, whatever. So, having listened back to some of the uh, uh, the director's commentary and interviews yeah. about it, um, like a lot of this came from uh, the scripts used to have a lot more techno babble. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how in the first episode we remarked that uh, 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 that John was doing the calculations for his atmospheric like yes. slingshot or whatever, and how does he know the mass of Moya? Yeah. Apparently, in the original script, there was a lot of stuff there where he was trying to get that data. He was ah. trying to like get from pilot. Okay, right. uh, uh, can you analyze my mass and how 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 many me's are there in Moya? Ah, yes. Uh, right. How long does it take for light to travel between my heartbeats to try and figure out what distances are oh, and metres yes. and all that. And then they and just, just went sort like, of yeah, drop we'll, that, like, keep we'll, the pace We'll up. get it in the Babel bugs and... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll just assume that he's good at math. The math is impeccable. I mean, he is a scientist. It's true, true. For, for, for all his... He doesn't, sort of act, he doesn't act like it on screen, but yes, supposedly he is. His plan works, the, the ship shakes, uh, uh, Dargo knocks his head real bad, and because these, these gauntlets, they have a sort of security system that when the wearer falls unconscious, it detaches so that, yes. as they put it... Mm, you can be disarmed without having to be disarmed. I thought it was a very disarming argument. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I mean, especially the same pun. Yes, well, like it's better if you can like hit it over the head three times than if you <laughs> like, keep beating that horse until it's well dead. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Uh, 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 in the meantime, like efforts have been made to try and retrieve the Tavlex and their bullet pod, uh, where the Tavlex are, are transporting their kidnapped Hynerian, and and John immediately like Star Trek lock a tractor beam on them, and pilot oh, yes. goes <laughs> tractor beam. What's that? <laughs> yes, and, 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 and a gravito ray, a gravit- <laughs> an inverted graviton polaron, and a tractor ray, yes, whatever. The, the, the docking dildo, I believe you called it. <laughs> yes, to my regret. You mean the docking whip? Yeah, fine, use it on the show. Pilot is so helpful, like, hey, what? Yes. Uh, oh, you mean the docking whip? Uh, yes. It's out of range. No way, no happening. <laughs> so he immediately says, like, prepare the prowler. Which I believe is the name, I guess what they call their shuttles? It's like... Oh, no, that's... Uh, uh, yes, specifically, her shuttle. That's the... Oh, uh, right. That's her fighter craft. Oh, that's the She's thing that's... a prowler pilot. Ah, okay. That's what it's called. Yeah, I thought it was just like the name for the shuttles, but that's... So, that's so they've, got, they've got Aaron's a few craft. different craft. They've, yeah. got, uh, they've got the Farscape one. Yeah. That's the one that, uh, uh, that John brought. They've got right. transport pods, which... I think we've briefly seen they're, they're Moya's own vehicles yeah. and Erin brought her Prowler which right, is the, yes, uh, the, the Peacekeeper the, fighter like Crace's right. uh, brother also flew a Prowler my brother's Prowler and it's I a, noticed that a lot of Crace makes a lot of cultural references to like uh, pop culture of around yes, uh, that's yeah, kind of 90s, his thing. 90s pop culture oh, he keeps doing that close encounters my ass cut to the planet of the space orcs Yes, their 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 Mad Max camp, where a whole bunch of these the, 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 yes, 
space orc Warhammer cosplayers. Yes. They have a whole sort of camp, and there's lots of crates, and there's lots of netting. Yeah, you can tell that they've, like, raided the prop department to deck this out. And it's like there's some, like, yeah. bunkers and uh, arches and stuff like that. And an inside scene, which is like a bit of a dank, murky prison, where Rigel is buried up to his waist in the sand, which, again, I thought was a very clever movie magic yeah, trick right? to hide the puppeteers and not have to, yeah, and yeah, have him out of his chair and just like, yeah, no, we just, nice like, just buried convenient. him in the sand. Well, in mud. In mud, right. Yeah, yes, right. and you know how he feels about mud. Oh, yes, I forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah. You want to know about mud? I know about mud. He does not like mud. But so he has company in his uh, in his cell. Next to him is uh, uh, yes through the uh, through the alien confession curtain. It's like <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> they like the sort of torn netted curtains hiding yes. the different. There is uh, some I don't know tentacled beast Cthulhu esque kind of right? type He's critter. A, yeah, <laughs> it's called the the, the four throated cat. At that's one, one point, yes, by... I, I noticed that as well. Yeah, it's like what? Like, I guess that's name. a reference to like its uh, its 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 voice modulation. Okay. <laughs> Cycle has been disturbed. It's got like red glowing eyes and like a very high head, like yeah. oct- octopus type head with lots of tentacles and things. Yeah, it's sort of kept in the shadows, but it's it's also like a pretty huge puppet. Yes. being uh, uh, being worked and manipulated. Uh, it's called Jotheb. Shock Jotheb. <laughs> Shock Jotheb. <laughs> yes, well. When we when we see his superpowers were yeah, uh, their yeah. superpowers, I don't think that the gender is ever established. We'll have to figure out. Yeah, yeah. next in line to uh, inherit the consortium of Trow. How many followers do you have, or what is it like? He says ten thousand. How big is your yeah? Empire, uh, how big is your empire or something? Ten thousand. Only like, ten thousand. I have six hundred billion followers. No, ten thousand planets, each averaging per planet four billion Trow. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they've got a, so, they've got a bit of contesting yeah. against each other, yes. Oh, just to be in the warm glow of all this testosterone. It was at this point that I noticed like something particular about uh, 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 Jotheb's like, language use. They use the passive voice a lot. Yes. Offence is not taken. It was unwanted by you. And the imperfection the is imperfection yours. The imperfection is yours. Yes. Oh, I've never heard of you. The imperfection is yours. yours yes. <laughs> There's another bit of uh, uh, dick measuring happening on the on the ship um, because Zan is meanwhile taking care of their uh, uh, prisoner, the, uh-huh, uh, yeah. the, the little staple yeah, face. Interesting bit of contrast there between how they treat prisoners on the different ships, right? Because she's so compassionate, yes, and, and he's like outright hostile and bristly. I don't need a damn sermon. But also super duper insecure. It's not as if I ever had any choice. Which she immediately recognizes, and she uh, uh, tries to tend to him. Uh, <laughs> <he> t- <laughs> I'm sure there was some tenting involved. Had he been wearing clothing at the time? Uh, yes, <laughs> because he's wearing one of Moya's skin flakes. You know the, the gold blankets, oh, yes, the blankets that, they've, yes. uh, that they've got. And he tries to taunt her like that that she's a, that she's a priest and that she's so prim. You bet you've never seen a man before. Too prim to sneak a peek. You afraid you might like what you saw? And he like exposes himself. And she just takes a t- takes a moment to just sort of hmm, and just take it all in. You're pretty big for a lad your age. <laughs> like I'm quite respectable for your age. <laughs> is like that whole bit. Is yeah. nudity taboo in your culture? Did you think you'd shock me? Are you ashamed of your bodies? And he's got a good comeback. Yeah, we would be if we looked like you. <laughs> oh, I and doubt she it. just like unhitches her <laughs> gown. And like, oh, she has like a lovely bum on her. I would right. say that. It's like... Oof, that look like, as good we will not. Oh, I mean, the fact that it's blue doesn't really bother me at this point. It's, <laughs> no, it's very shape, very shapely uh, a, uh, rear end, I must, must say. No disrespect intended. She is gorgeous and so comfortable. Yes. 
So you notice this throughout their interactions. They sort of fail to impress each other constantly. Like, uh-huh. he tries something on her, and she easily sort of uh, right. rebuffs I mean, it. Yeah. She tries something on him, like compassion. He and, rebuffs it as yeah. well. She tries, like, comprehension or sermoning. There are always choices. I told you I don't need a sermon. Like, they're, they're constantly, like, pushing each other back as they're, as they're dancing toward, like, being yes. actually able to communicate. And she gives him Crichton's uniform, to which he asks, like, what kind of fastening is this? And I guess they don't have zippers on this planet of the space orcs. <laughs> no, mm. certainly, because the next time we see him, he's in intense pain, which might, might be... Well, the... it's like, he's either suffering from withdrawal, or he's got his willy stuck in the zipper, because he hasn't figured <laughs> yeah. that out yet. But I think it's withdrawal, but that, that was my first thought when I saw that scene. Well, that's certainly something that I suffer from when I get, when I get a little cocky stuck in the uh-huh. I haven't, unfortunately, I've never had that happen in a very, very long time. Ouch. There's a bit of an argument between John and Crichton about whether they should go down to the planet to with to retrieve the piece of technology that they that yes, they need from Rigel. But they don't have really much of a choice. That's what Aaron suggests, and John tries to be the voice of reason and caution, like, we don't know how many are down there, we can't just go down there, uh, uh, until eventually, like, she just sucker punches him with yep. what, uh, what she calls a pentac jab. You hit me. Hit? I... No, a pentac jab. Yes. To which he's more more susceptible than most, which is like a Vulcan nerve pinch, like it yes, just knocks him out, like judo chop. And then he wakes up in the in the prowler, and continues his sentence where he exactly was exactly where like, he left <laughs> off. Yes, that's a very interesting yeah. ability to have. I mean, when you realize that you have that and you can do that to someone, wouldn't you do it like a all the time? Lot? Yeah. Certainly. I'd also like that how they are about uh, like taking turns at uh, plans. It's like, no, we tried your plan last, now we're trying my plan. And it's, like, it's literally, yeah, and no, it's, it's my turn. This is my turn, my plan. It's my turn to like, make a plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's really sweet that they're trying to work something out between them, and that's, that's kind of not a great way to do it. it it's generally speaking not, no. Uh, uh, she's already got her plan in motion at this point because even while she's in the while she's in the prowler, she's already doing the Warhammer cosplay. Oh yes, she's already gotten the, she's, she's in, got the space fist nets, and, and she's wearing her oculars. Did you did you notice that? Yes, that was a very peculiar kind of uh, vision enhancer thing. It it looks like a Google Hololens or something. It's it's these little sort of and it yeah glowing magnifies your vision, which is enormously useful. I imagine when you're when you're flying in a in a uh, in oh, a spacecraft yeah, as a fighter. Of, I hadn't even thought of that yet. Yes, it would right? be tremendously to be able to zoom, snap, zoom in and out, and just by by wanting to, by thinking about mm, it. I mean, human vision is already very good at narrow focusing on a particular yeah, area. Uh, and, like, oh, okay. Which is why you always get those weird effects when you like you see something, you see an animal, and you want to take a picture of it. You take a picture of it, and it's like a tiny little speck. Yeah, and it's you, barely there. And you'd swear that like it looked a lot closer when I was just looking at it myself. And yes, I sort of imagine it like uh, do you know how they say that a, that, a, that a hawk could like read a newspaper at a mile's distance? Yeah. Because they can you know they can fly a, a mile up in the air and and see a little bunny rabbit mm. or or whatever. Yeah. As if they're they they have such keen eyes that can scan all that. No, they've got a very very good like. Uh, uh, optical processor in their brain and, and, and it just uh, goes like yeah, narrows down and cortex and they don't have the weird like human eyes which like went back to the water and then came back out of the water again got no they've got the same the eyes. they, they oh, do they? have the same eyes but oh, they're okay. just better like yeah. uh, okay. uh, hawk eyes i think they use they use some kind of oil to to improve the oh. uh, because it's yeah uh, what you're talking about is hawk that our oil. eyes evolved underwater yeah so that's why they're full of salt water yeah. uh, much like the rest of them and then they don't work so well uh, out of water and they've adapted for uh, to improve a little bit and now they're even worse underwater yeah 
They're just they're just kind of garbage eyes in general. Speaking of garbage eyes, have you paid attention to Dargo's eyes? Mm, not particularly, no. Okay, because it, they go from being green to being blue a oh. few times in the in the episode. I know these these no. are like little I mean, IMDb be the trivia things. Yeah. So he started out with with green contact lenses, and you see them a lot in the uh, in the opening credits. Yeah. He hated them. Oh, okay. And he had a little accident during this uh, the filming of this episode during the uh, the removal process of his makeup. Yeah. Accidentally, like some alcohol will wind up in his uh, uh, one up his eye. Oh shit! Burned the cornea a little bit. Yeah. He had to go to the, the hospital. Everything was fine, but then oh no, he couldn't wear contact lenses for six months. <laughs> oh, oh guys, I'm so sorry, but the doctor says I no can't. No contact lenses. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> um, whoa, gigantic oops. I mean, it could have also been like CGI because I was wondering about like this is the planet of the blue plants apparently, and I was Wasn't wondering that amazing? if someone had been going around there painting all those plants blue, or if they had been like walking around with a spray can of blue paint and just like it looks so good. Turns yeah. out no, like I I shared this with you, and I and I, when I saw it with the, the 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 first time for years and years, I thought that they were just painting plants blue because yeah. why not? So really, uh, Hollywood plenty does, of, yeah, plenty of plenty of plants, but no, like in the in the in the commentary they talk about this was all done in in in, in grading the color oh, okay. grading. Process. I mean, it, it makes sense because, like, they're green, so you could just green screen them blue. Exactly. Yeah. And they focused on specific tones of green. I noticed because there were still some like green yeah, yeah. grasses. No, absolutely. That's like the plants like had only had blue outer leaves, end leaves, basically. The darker greens were yes. still green. Yeah. 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 Uh, and of course, nobody was wearing anything green. Yes, that's yeah. the easy way to do it. <laughs> uh, so we have some space orcs who are supposedly hunting. Hunting party. We've made a kill. They yeah, bring not down the prey. Clear what, what no, it's got just like there. a bag of bag of props the, or something. It's yeah. just like it's very unclear what they're holding. And Erin, uh, in her space orc suit, decides like, okay, this is now an emergency, and she uses the braces and gets herself injected with the go-go juice. Our gauntlet is our food, our blood, our life. It makes us capable of anything. Yeah, she's got all the armor on at this point, and she looks even more like the like the duck build aliens from yes, like, except that she's tiny headed. Uh... Yeah, which she has. She's like a mini she one. Hmm. Um, oh god! <laughs> yeah, you're fired. That was so fun. So she's gonna she's gonna bust in with her with her gauntlet and all of her confidence. Uh, uh, she does uh, a pretty good job. Crichton is left behind with her pulse rival to provide cover, but he's. Yes. Never held one before, and he doesn't know to what be honest, the beeps and boops are. It's a are. very poorly designed rifle if you can blow it up that easily. You think it was easy? Like you blew up the rifle, and well, all the blowing up was done by the rifle. So that, yeah, okay. I, I, I imagine that maybe you would have a different relationship with Aaron than John does. Probably your uh, your inability to put up with some with a sexy woman's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, may, yes, <laughs> may affect the kind of, uh, I mean, the kind of arc that you'd have. She'd had. totally kick my ass, but you know that's different different matter entirely. Pentakia, pentakia, Back on the ship. Uh, Stapleface is is suffering real bad from uh, getting his willy stuck in the zipper. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, and attacks Zan, trying to overpower her because she's just uh, uh, she's just soft and weak. Like he's squeezing her 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 wrist until it bleeds. Yeah, and, and she just calmly like aikidos him him back. Soft, yes. Weak, no. Oh, that was a very good line. And then she turns up the uh, empathy to uh, to eleven and uh, smears yeah, right? a little. 
well, love it, gel on her lips and kisses him, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I back mean, it's, to the it's chemistry her own, It's yeah. Oh. <laughs> Using her own wrist jizz. She's, ah, she's back is that there what it is? dripping some of her wrist jizz yes. into into her oh. first chemistry set. Like she makes a nice little lip gloss for herself and yeah. snowballs the, the, the piece into him, I yes, guess. Yes, that was a little bit, ooh. <laughs> I mean, he seems very uncomfortable by the whole experience, even though it seems to have a soothing effect. She takes his pain, like she did for Moya as well, with much less effort. There's a lot less of him than there was of Moya. Quite respectable for your age. So I assume there was a lot less pain as well. Back on the planet, like, there there is... This is an episode all about bickering. So there are three arguments are uh, happening sort of simultaneously. One of them has been Rigel and whoever uh, he's imprisoned with or yep. his uh, or his, uh, the people keeping him prisoner. And You've mostly got, the other prisoner. Uh, yes, yes. Jotheb, the four-throated cat. Mm. Uh, uh, between Zan and her charge and between uh, uh, John, Aaron and, uh, and Dargo, who just... This time it's Dargo and Aaron going at each other's throats. And you've got Daddy Crichton in the middle trying to pacify pa- everyone. Yes, trying to get them to play along nice. Play nice while I'm gone. Dargo is actually standing there trying, trying to be all reasonable, which is like very unlike right. Dar- the way Dargo is uh, normally. And I noticed in one of those shots that like he must have a serious beard care regimen because it oh, is silky smooth and like so perfectly well kept. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, is, is Lux and L'Oreal. It's either that or his nose hairs have gone way out of whack. But it's... <laughs> maybe he's born with it. <laughs> yes, maybe it's Luxerial. No, Luxerial. <laughs> it's luxurious. Luxurious. Well, it's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. They have another little bitch fight, and then and then John says, "No, look, you stay here, and I'll go. I'll go take care of it." That that seems to be his solution for whenever uh, Dargo and Aaron are arguing yeah. is accept neither plan and come up with a new one and just do his own thing. Just like in the in the first episode when all three of them were were like captured and 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 mommy and daddy were were asking to be untied first. And says, no, you untie me first, and then we'll and, and then, then we'll, we'll go on from that. Yes, we get another scene by the way at this point. I don't know if you've noticed that. There's been a few scenes in the in the episodes that are just like Aaron and Darko talking. Oh yes, like up in a tree, as you said, B I T C H I N G, and and now here as well. So this they had, is they had an almost like kind little moment between each other, how they were like uh, sympathizing with each other over yeah. like coming down from the go go juice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, up until they couldn't help but call each other like stuck up and barbarian, fall back and, into their old ways. And uh, oh, I'm such a clumsy Luxon. <laughs> you know how clumsy we Luxons can be. So these are what called Euro scenes. Uh-huh. There is so much about the production of the first first season that is that is just wild and gonzo. Uh, like shooting in these blocks, they kind of gave up on that earlier. Mm-hmm. But they had contracts to deliver episodes of different lengths to European markets. Oh, they were slightly longer because we have fewer commercials in right. Uh, in, yeah, in yeah. so they had to co- co- make sure that there was enough material to fill the whole hour, basically. Minus exactly. Commercials. Yeah. So you'd have some extra scenes, which were just like people talking about their their feelings and filling out, like doing character development stuff. Yeah, okay. That doesn't actually affect the plot, so you you don't miss it. Not there, but I'm really glad that we're watching the version that has it. Oh yeah, be shame to miss out on those. So next, we go back to the cell where Rigel is still working on an escape plan. This time, with the help of uh, Shogoth. Um, <laughs> oh, is he a great old one? Well, he, he, he sure. Out of the great old ones, which one does he resemble the most? Do you think? Well. So if we're it's, doing either gonna, it's either going to be Cthulhu himself with like the cephalopod head and the tentacles, yeah. or yes, uh, uh, Yog Shoggoth. I can't remember which one that. Yog Shoggoth. Yeah, which one I think he looks like. I'm not, I'm not sure which Nigurath one. Or yeah, they're all like I too many, very squamous and rugose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does not go very well because Chrome Dome. Oh, I I regret calling him that because his name is Bekesh, and he's a like he's a cool villain. 
He's pretty good. Yeah. He doesn't show up a lot, but he's like an experienced kidnapper and criminal. He's level-headed. He doesn't take shit. Uh, and he kills Rigel for trying to escape. Puts yes. his puts his boot, boot on, on his throat and like literally just like squeezes him until he stops moving. Which is where we learn that Rigel has teeth. My grandma, what big teeth you have? Because when he's lying there dead, his lips are pulled back and uh, he's got this these little yellow yeah, teeth. If you look at it sideways, like the, uh, oh, the, the that critter from uh, Lord of the Rings again, like the the mouth of uh, Sauron who had oh, the like. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Actually, uh, there's a lot of mouth of Sauron going on. Stapleface sort of reminded me of that one. Yes. Uh, uh, with, with a Glasgow smile. Glasgow smile, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the one. Oof. Jörg Schoboth uh, brings him back to life. and Yes, with one of his little tentacle farts. Yes, the, little just like, just, again, a little wipe over the lips, and like it brings him back. So more chemistry there's a, set. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, a lot, lot of kissing and bodily fluids yes, in, this, exchange. in this show. And they, uh, yeah, he even promises that like his people will pay the ransom that is demanded for Rigel. Yes, and because... Uh, he, be- he actually believes Rigel's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Now, time for the big rescue mission. We have, uh, we have our three capable heroes. They want to, uh, uh, they want to charge this, uh, uh, this Mad Max Warhammer cosplayer camp and retrieve Rigel and, uh, in particular, like the Moya component that they need to escape. Yeah. Uh, but they lack a weapon. Now, uh, uh, Dargo pulls out his, his terrible, terrible sword that he's never used to any good effect. Yes. And Aaron, <laughs> Aaron is appropriately dismissive on it. Oh, yes, a sword. Thank you. That'll be really helpful. But it turns out this is Final Fantasy because it's a gun sword. Like he, there's a little transformation scene which we don't see on scene. Conveniently off screen. Yes. <laughs> and suddenly it becomes a rifle. Well, is it charged? It was when the peacekeepers took it from me. How long ago was that? Eight cycles. A, there's no indicator of how much ammo it still has, and yeah. B, you haven't actually tested this or checked this in the, during the time that you've had it back again. I can understand that you probably don't have a gun range on Moya, but they no. have the terrace. You can, yeah, you can like just like check it, like like plug in a USB adapter and see like how much like power it draws. You know, <laughs> yeah. like. I don't know how you charge that thing, but... Ask Zan. She can probably figure it out. Yeah, there's that. I mean, the, the it's particle his, analyzer. It's, it's his weapon. I suppose he would, he would know how to, uh, how to use it. Yeah, like, at the very least, like, a charge indicator. Also, like, it doesn't have, like, a reticule or anything. But it's kind of cool how sort of the halves of the blade move apart. Mm. And then there's sort of a lever bit. I, and I can't imagine parts. that it's yeah. very well balanced. For a warrior, it seems a very... Unconventional weapon. I mean, you can't hold it like at the midpoint because that's like that sword, baby. Supposedly sharp. He's never cut anything with he it. Sharpens has he sharpens it in the end of the first episode, but it's with just like... a dishcloth. Right. Yes, but it does make <laughs> scrapey sounds. No, that no, I know, I know. It's his crusty dishcloth. Yes. They just walk into the camp where all the uh, the space orcs are having their afternoon nap. Yep. Uh, and they find out that uh, Yok Shogoth is the only one who is still uh, in in this prison cell. Check out the critter. 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 What's your problem? Find Rigel. And Still Rigel talking is gone. in his passive voice. Through my efforts, Rigel is believed to be valuable by Blakish. Rigel has been taken away, and they're taking him to the... A more secure location. Lo- yes, more because he apparently is so valuable now. This one didn't make a lot of sense to me, because he's only valuable because Jotheb had had agreed to yeah, like, vouch do the for, vouch for him, yes. The fame of Dominar Rigel has spread even to my worlds. If the ransom is not paid by his people... It will be paid by mine. So why suddenly is Rigel more valuable than Jotheb? Who has already right? been announced that he'll be released in two days after his people have agreed to the payment. So also, I'm, I'm kind of wondering about this. Like, they, sh- they show great competence at kidnapping people and holding them for ransom. So yeah. why are they leaving in the shithole? 
if they've clearly been able to like hold rulers of vast empires ransom for money <laughs> and like they're still living in this like weird like shit. Oh, is camp. that a real question? Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> let me give it a shot. Let me give it a shot. Okay, so let me see. We like, see maybe the camp. they have bigger space orcs that they have to like give their lunch money to. <laughs> oh, it's a bully verse, is yeah. it? <laughs> I mean uh, that that kind of that kind of probably makes sense. Like it seems like a temporary encampment. There's a lot of netting. There's yeah, a lot of crates. True. Yeah. There's a bunker and the stuff dug out. But that could have already been been there. Been just like this is a good place for a camp. Right. Yeah. So probably like they go from place to place. They they encamp there. Yeah. It's also interesting that Rigel had never heard of the con- consortium of Trow and Jotham had never heard of the Hynerian no. Empire. The Hynerian Empire is not familiar to me. Yeah. Well, I never heard of the consortium of Trow. The imperfection is yours. But they must come from, like, vast distances away to literally not have heard of each other. Yes. And still be, like, mere, I don't know, weeks, months travel away. Yes. Space be weird. Yes, space be large. Uh, so they go outside, run into some guards, at which point Aaron starts shooting with the sword rifle. Oh, it looks so cool, those blue bolts. Like, ooh, and yes. the and, and she looks so competent with it as well. Like she's, she's a good really shot. Yeah. There's a little bit of a, a scuffle. They manage to get their way out. Tentacles gets shot in the back by one of the gauntlets on the way uh, on the escape, which is when we get the scene with the uh, yeah, the bleeding. More bodily fluids! Hooray! Yes. Just yeah. what we wanted. Mm. And they're also very interesting. So he doesn't have he doesn't have neck jizz the way that uh, uh, Zan has her has her wrist jizz that comes out of her. Aaron compliments him. This is a fine hot. weapon. I request. That you bury me with. <laughs> yes, like such, drama queen. <laughs> he's such a drama queen. He, I mean, to be fair, he does fall over and nearly die. Oh, damn. Uh, so, True. You know, you've got you to gotta give him that. Because the problem is, the blood is dark. Dark red, almost black. <laughs> and that is no good for a Luxon. No. Bleeding freely is the only thing that will help heal the Luxon. The wound isn't cleansed until the blood flows clear. Stork! <laughs> And then Blood they'll heal. Toxicity or yeah, so, something. So he gets punched in the kidneys a few more times. She goes to town. Like, and, he, and he's like, you pussy, you need to do it harder. She like judo chops him in the, in the kidneys. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. At which point we, there's another scene with uh, Zan and our little space tadpole. Yes, who is sulking over <laughs> his dinner. Zan being like, she's always incredibly kind to him. And even at this point, like when she gets summoned to the bridge. Quickly, please. I was like, I should put you back to your quarters. And he goes like, oh, I can find my way back. Because he's so sleepy. And she completely (sighs) trusts, uh, yeah, and she completely trusts him and wanders off and leaves him there. What a dope. Yes, I'm just like, and you're a prisoner, Zan. Yes. You've been in prison for years. You're an escaped prisoner. Where is your paranoia? You should know, she should know better than this. So this trust gets immediately betrayed and he runs off to go find uh, Zan's drug kit. Yes, because he, he wants the good stuff. Uh, yeah, he he assaults a little scuttlebot in the meantime to get the injector from that poor little thing. Yeah, now that's when you know someone's evil. Evil, yes. It's like kicking the dog. It's I like, know. no, assaulting the scuttlebot. Like, little dudes. You don't do that. That's just not right. <laughs> she easily overpowers him with more of her space Aikido, and this time she gives him some fucking attitude. Yeah, like she oh. lets loose. Him. I could rip you apart. <laughs> Right now, Colin, help me. I'd enjoy it. Verbally slaps him down. It's like... Yep, holds him from behind, pins him down, like shows the... the, the, the I guess this, I'm not your enemy. This, this is your enemy. Contemplate that in solitude. Yeah, crushes the syringe. <laughs> Which I was like wondering, like, okay, so what was he just like going to inject himself with? Like, 
It's clearly not his go-go juice. It was just like some other random shit that he found in her uh, chemistry set. I guess it's so, it's just just whatever can get him what he right. what he needs, he, he man. Got the like shake so bad, like I'll, I'll take anything: uh, poppers, higher, screamers, downers, uh, uppers, <laughs> and uh, yellers. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's cake. It's a made-up drug, <laughs> and it's bat county here. Another deep cut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let well, us know if you if you recognize that one. We're at uh, uh, SoFarscape on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you if you get any of these extremely obscure references uh, uh speaking of which i have a note here that like she has this this attitude of edward james almost how do i reach this kid <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes that was fantastic there's more fighting down on the planet there is more fighting down on the planet it's, because it's they're hunting Cre- down the party it's that- creighton's turn to have the, uh, a go at the bracelet and he slaps it onto his arm and he gets his first <laughs> shot of the go-go juice and, I, <laughs> yeah. and I, actually i thought they played into something that i was thinking earlier in the episode like, oh yeah i'll bet that like it does nothing on humans like it's like completely or it's yes like, i was thinking that as won't well be affected of that and that, at first that it's what it seems to be no i don't feel anything no, so, i feel pretty good like, feel real good okay it's working oh it's working yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because aaron and darko are like super exhausted from their their experience with the go-go juice yeah, and i thought there was going to be a joke there that like the, apparently <laughs> it, it, it does do not affect anything. humans at all or it like it affects them in a totally different way and it, but no no they played it they played that one fairly oh, that straight would be fun. it's sort of sort of like the uh, oh in in the, in the french comic asterix and obelix oh, like the, 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 the potion the magic the potion the potion <laughs> that obelix always wants but can never have because, because he fell into it as a baby yes <laughs> yeah. so and we have another clever bit of puppetry magic when Crichton confronts Chrome Dome, who is carrying um, a a sack full of Rigel. Yes, <laughs> and it's like it's fantastic. They just like they did just cut in between shots of Rigel in the sack and just a sack of something wiggling, yes. being carried around and occasionally punched and or kicked. Crichton, is that you? Get me out of here! Shut up, Rigel. There's a standoff between Crichton and uh, and and Bekesh. Yes, where they're doing a little bit of uh, shooting and this is where he ca- actually catches one of those bolts. That's right. This is where it happens and and shows just how versatile these 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 gauntlets are. Um during this standoff like they they radio to the to the ship because don't forget we've got one of your yep. one of your prisoners. And what I really liked here was like he has not shown any interest in the in the life of his subordinate, but now he's talking to him. Like there is genuine care there. Like he, he, it's primarily to ask. Tell me, are they wealthy? Have you seen any riches on board? No. Because that's what Crichton says. We can't give you your uh, your ransom because he's full of shit. He asks him, "Have you been treated well? Uh, have like, any, yeah. they fed, they fed you? Yeah. Well, it's not really food. It's pathetic. They have no riches, and all I have to eat is food cubes. They're and they're poor as shit up here. Yeah. And are they forcing you to say that. They mistreated you in any way. You just say the word, and I'll retake their ship and slaughter the lot of them. Oh, I'm fine. It's like I'm not not on any coercion or anything. Wasn't that just just yeah, stunningly reasonable? Yes, yeah, very. It, much it surprises so. Bekesh as well. Like has been so long since anyone's told me the truth. I don't recognize yes. anymore. <laughs> uh, and I, 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 okay. So I've, I've, I've liked a lot about this, this, this episode. But I've been really impressed with how many like new sides we get to see of all of these characters, including Bekesh. Mm. Uh, like he, he is, yes, he is a violent, uh, he's a violent man. He's a, he's a brutal leader and he's a criminal and, and yeah, sort of a kidnapper and uh, whatnot. But he is also an intelligent man, and he cares, and he understands fairness as well when it's an option, which and, it, it often isn't for him. And also realizes there's nothing to be gained here, and he's not uh, vindicative or anything, and he's just like, okay, yeah, here, have him back, you know? Take this royal pain out of my sight. Okay, your guy for my guy. 
Here we go. Fair. No, they didn't kill kill any of his people. Yeah. Yeah, he, he remarks on that as well. Oh, You didn't kill him. Guess I'm not that kind of a guy. That was probably more coincidental that Aaron didn't actually kill any <laughs> yeah. of them while she was shooting at them. But yeah, so we have a little bit of puppetry with uh, yes. Crichton carrying... Uh, the Kermit the Kermit carry. Yes, on the arm. <laughs> and it is the, 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 like, the really important Kermit thing of just like making eye contact with him and, and right. like berating him and like oh, rolling your eyes and spitting it. It's and give, so yeah, good. Giving, it, uh, giving the puppeteer something to play off. You're the mental patient if you expect anybody to believe that I'm... Now, the puppeteers must have had such a hard job here because like there's... There's three or four different people. No, there's not. Okay, so you've got one for each hand. Yeah. Uh, right. A puppeteer for each of Rachel's yeah. hands, and then there's the head movement. There's the there's the there's the lips. Someone's got a joystick to make all the mouth yeah, movements. Yeah. All the faces can generally be done by one guy who's got like power gloves, and several of those do the yeah. ears and the eyes and the and, and the mouth, and it's like a finger dance for one person to do the face, basically. Yeah. Right. Like the gym hands, and uh, I think they even have one person specifically for eyes, uh, to, yeah. for the direction of his eyes. Okay. Right, because that has to be someone who can see the scene and can evaluate where the puppet's right. eyes should be should be looking. It, I, I don't know how they so did I, I, in in this uh, series, obviously, but in Labyrinth for Hoggle, ah, they yeah. had like so they had the actor actress. Wait, wait, which one is Hoggle? Hoggle is the dwarf type uh, character, the the one who helps kind of oh, the sort kind, of guide, like little yes, wrinkly Virgil. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, uh, and so there's there was the actress who was like doing the body acting. Uh, who was just like wearing the costume, and then the, the oh, she was the, like a little person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, then there was the, the the mask she was wearing, and that was completely animatronically oh, controlled. Wow. Yeah. And but well, I think one or two people as well, and then there was like the the, the voice actor, like three or four people doing that one character. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Uh, so I'm so impressed with this. I because mean, we just this this is so unique to, to to Farscape, like the use of 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 puppetry for these for these aliens, and like yeah. They're really alive. It is done very well. It's like it's like, I mean, you can't tell they're puppets, but they're not like obvious puppets. You don't see the control right, mechanisms. right. Like the first time that you see Rigel at the at the start of a scene, you think, oh, that's a that's a cool looking puppet, and then by the end of the scene, it's like, oh, that's a cool looking asshole. Yes. <laughs> so uh, speaking of asshole. Well, oh, oh, God, yes. Actually, I have one other, before we get to there, I mean... I'm sorry. No, yes. true, true, no, true. Okay, so we're going back to Muppet's Treasure Planet, which is what I'm, I'm dubbing this planet. Oh, very good one. <laughs> this episode, you mean. Muppet's okay, no, let's, let's uh, call it that, yeah. Uh, uh, we, so I think this is actually the first time we see Dargo in an other, a different outfit. We see him in this yes. in his black jumpsuit. He's got, a, he's, he's got a, like a gi. It's something like that. It's rather, very fetching. Rather than his burgundy uh, men in tights outfit that he normally wears. I One like the- it. It's such a it's such a cool. It's weird how his regular clothes look way more like pajamas than 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 this. Than like- the pajamas that he's now wearing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which are clearly supposed to be. He's still got his he's still got his me pumps on. Yes. Tell me he's got some pumps in the closet. Aaron is waiting for Rigel, and like Dargo comes in and basically to just- tell him to get a movement on. Uh, <laughs> That was worth it, Kate. That was worth it. Uh, yeah. And they're listening to this this royal pain uh, drop a drop a pearl. Yes, <laughs> which he says he washed. I don't know why Erin's so squeamish about it. Exactly, like they've, she's she's just had her hand covered in 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 blood. She, there's one point where after she's uh, smacked Dargo's wound enough, and he asks her like, "I'm I'm going to be okay. I'm yeah. going to die." And she says, "You're going to die, but not today." today. Uh, she sort of shows him hand clean. covered in pre, I guess. Well, it's blood. It's yeah. just running clear now, which is a good thing, as we have discussed. So for someone who's so comfortable with blood, what's a little, like, 
alien okay poop. alien poop like yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. You just mm. wash your hands you're yeah. a soldier I guess and there's like this incredible smug look on Rigel's face <laughs> and he's like he's such a bastard yes, he's such a nasty so he's such a bastard I am now just now thinking back to uh, a, a moment where I did a photo shoot a charity photo shoot for an, for an otter sanctuary with uh-huh. a little otter where people oh. could have their oh this is adorable and people could have their picture taken with a little otter and the otter was not into it he fucking hated it yeah and so between every every portrait we'd sort of clear the clear the hotel room yeah. and let him just chill out and play on his blanket and, yeah. the, and the handlers were there uh, to let him sort of be at ease he was super comfortable he was super adorable and then he did a little poop and it's the absolute worst thing you've ever smelled oh, it was this is a little poop and it just poo this this huge room this huge cloud sleep. of fish <laughs> just atrocious so if that's the standard for aquatic <laughs> creatures then yeah probably well we know he farts helium so <laughs> which his no, loyal subjects claim is odorless yes <laughs> It just makes your voice squeaky. It makes no chemical sense, though, helium. Helium is... I mean, helium is, like, odorless. It's, it's inert It's a noble well. gas, yeah. So it's, it, it's inert. You so, probably wouldn't smell it, yeah. No, but... So you couldn't have it in your metabolism. Oh, right, yes. I mean... Because it isn't in so. anything no, that no, you can you're right, eat and you're right, can't, you're right. can't produce Unless it. they, like, eat rocks or something, and that's... Uh, Oh, where it's been so But it's, yeah, okay. I mean, like, I mean, to be honest, like, if if helium changes the pitch of your voice, would it also change the pitch of your farts? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, let because, me. Yes. No. Yes. No, it won't. Uh, so here's why helium changes the pitch of your yeah. voice. Uh, so it's it's thinner than air. Yeah. Uh, so sound travels faster. Yeah. Which means that the that while the f- the, the frequency of a sound is the same, yeah. the wavelength is longer. So mm-hmm. I'm still uh, if we're breathing helium right now, I'm still yeah. making the same sounds. Yeah. The same frequencies are coming out of my vocal cords, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it's not just my vocal cord; it has to go through my voice box, my esophagus, yeah. which is an amplifier for sounds of for frequencies with a particular right. wavelength. Yeah. And now the regular, you know, my pleasing baritone, all those waves are way too long to to be amplified in my acoustic chamber, right. so they're dampened. Whereas the much higher pitched, which are normally way too short yes. uh, to be amplified, they're now the right length. So if you do a wee fart, yeah. no, that's purely like the. Yeah. the, the I, mean, I, I the, you, you think because the the, the 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 gas, the speed of the gas is higher, you'd like get a different frequency. Well, let, let, again, it's go. wavelength. Yeah, yeah. There's no no. Okay, we've got to really get into this. So what you're imagining is when you do a little fart, that your your whole bum is an acoustic chamber no. for a. Is that what you're Imagine, no. Is that what you want to do to our podcast I, listeners I, right I, now? I, We're I'm just assuming this is going to end up on the cutting room floor. No, everyone's going to wish. You brought this on <laughs> us. You brought this evil. Well, um, in that case, I think we should move on swiftly to the final scene where... Which is a bit of a bummer. Zan is uh, talking to the... Uh, to Stapleface. Staple I don't think she ever got his name. Where he's like proudly showing off that he's back on the go-go juice and that he's got his bracelet back on again yep. and that he's like, now nah, this is what I am meant to be. Now I am strong again. And uh, yeah, she's uh, she's massively disappointed. Well, she did give him a choice and he made his choice. That's what he said. My choice. And right. she's disappointed, but yeah, no sermons. No, that's that's what that's what people do when you give them choices. Yeah, they, they do whatever. They make, yeah, the choice that you didn't want them to make, but right? still, that uh, and that's she has their, to... their choice. And uh, I mean, her disappointment clearly shows in this. So it does end on a little bit of a downer this episode. But I thought that that was quite. I mean, I think everything is good all the time. That's just the yeah. kind of person that I that I am. But genuinely, like I'm comparing it to what we were used to at the time, which mm-hmm. was like Star Trek, which would usually end on like a, oh, a, a, a good back, lesson. Everything's back to normal. Yeah, well, the big red too. reset yeah. button. No, 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 no button. Then lever slide. Uh, but yeah, everyone would learn a lesson and, and, and move on. And he did. 
didn't. He had this uh, uh, stable face, had this 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 liberating experience, and someone really trying to reach him. Yeah, she and didn't. Yeah, didn't, and it just fell right on through. It, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. And uh, honestly, she's probably not the 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 most wounded, uh, uh, despite his smugness. I think Rigel, like he really had to confront. I mean, in his own words, "I'm unloved, unwanted, unpopular." And then he gets kicked unconscious. Unconscious, <laughs> and apparently kicked out of by his jealous nephew a hundred cycles ago, or something like 100 that. A hundred cycles. So yeah, Holy he's, shit. Been, he's been out of the business for a little bit. So was it hundred yeah. cycles? Yeah, I think it was hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When his when his cousin Bishan uh, uh, rose up and 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 deposed him, um, which I mean, he's he's kind of uh, uh, he's he's bitter about that. But previously, he did mention that his mother had all of his older brothers banished. Mother always said I was the best looking. That's why she had my older brothers banished. She said my face belonged on the imperial seal. It's one of those kind of dynasties where they where that's how you get ahead by making sure that everybody else is uh, off the clock. I think that's most kinds of dynasties. I so, suppose eventually so there is, yeah. So what did you think about this episode, like episode number four of uh, of Farscape? Because you've seen a front for a loss, yeah. You've seen a few now. So how is this like? What kind of expectations have you been building up, and how did this uh, how did this show sort of fit them? Well, I think a lot of this was about character development, about establishing what the various characters are like, what they do. And a little yeah, bit, of, and a little bit of plot of the week. It's like you know, we get uh, Rigel kidnapped, and we ha- and yeah. we have to go get him. I knew you wouldn't come back just for me. Yeah, because like, the ship is in peril. I mean, that doesn't yeah. come up. But we, we no, that's exactly it. Like it's note, it, it's mentioned. Like the whole, we need the crystal to get Moya back uh, from this death spiral into the planet, which never gets mentioned again. Yeah, uh, but you know, and we would have. They probably would have left Rigel if it hadn't been for the uh, the, right? the crystal. I get that impression. Like, yeah. They would have gone like, yeah, fuck him. Roger brought this on himself. I say we leave him there. I, I really don't think anyone could have made an argument for saving Rigel if no, that was going to cost against, them. against the odds and everything. He's, uh, as as yeah. I pointed out, he's a royal pain. He is, very much so. <laughs> so I think of all the characters that gets developed, probably the most interesting in this case is Zan, because we, we really haven't learned much about her before. You remarked on that a few times yourself, yes. that, that she just doesn't come up in your... It's a little bit more of the same for her. It's like she's... It's like really? The, yeah, she's like always taking care of people. That's That seems to be her thing. And there's like another yeah. reference to her being the priest of this and that. I'm a Delvi and Pa'u, a priest of the ninth level. It's kind of still unclear what those priests do exactly. I mean... By this point, I'm starting to get the impression that they are about guiding people into personal development, and they have like she's a bit of a life coach. Yeah, she is uh, very much so, like <laughs> all the time for everything, and like, she's got her like chemistry set to do her thing with, and she's very she's a very sensual person, and yeah. which I get also get the impression that it's part of her role as a priest. Yeah, comfortable with nudity. That I mean, too, she's, yeah. she's old. Taking away pain, uh, yes. Uh, giving uh, comfort. Compared she's, to, you know, comparatively. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, she bears her teeth. Like, she actually lets out oh, some, yeah, yeah. some rage. Is this the way you repay uh, uh, my help? Uh, How would you like your arm torn uh, off? That's, like, that's in her. She's not faking that. For no, the no, kids no, benefit. she just throws him around when need be. And, like, I mean, that's a tongue lashing that Dargo would be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he used it on Erin in this He one. did, he did, very cunningly. <laughs> he just <laughs> yeah. basically slaps her silly with it. <laughs> and she, Which even she begrudgingly admits that, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, like he gets her to like wrestle him to the ground and then she he can just... Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, you forgot about that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And that's the story so far, Skate. 
We'll see you next week with episode 105. Back and back and back and back and back and back to the future. It's like it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yes. Always one more back than you think there's going to be. Where the crew come across a ship that is molecularly destabilizing. Dargo makes everybody bring it aboard when he discovers that there are Ilanics on board? Ilanics, they must be related to Dentix. Oh, that sounds interesting. Like a dental ship. And Crichton goes onto the escape pod and starts having visions of the future. First of himself and then of Moira's destruction. Oh no! Looking forward to already. Uh, you can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook, wherever you are, and SoFarscape.com. I'm Kaki. And I'm Kay. So, so far, far escape, so, so good. good. Escape. <laughs> That's not what we're going to do anymore. No.